Good morning, everybody. This is the Marcus Today Members Podcast on the 11th of May. General advice only, not to be confused with personal financial advice. It most certainly isn't. Hello, everybody. I am up in Sydney today attending the ASA conference. I'll be doing a cameo performance with Henry's mate, Adam Dawes, and a couple of others this evening at the gala dinner. There you go. The main game is to remain sober through the dinner. See how we go. I am literally working on a laptop today on my lap, so audio quality might not be quite up to scratch. And this will have to be a bit short and sweet ahead of my 11 o'clock meeting today. That US CPI number last night has been hurdled. Pretty much in line with expectations, but inflation now on an annual basis below 5%. If you listen to my podcast with John Abernathy the other day, he made the point that if you look at rolling six months instead of rolling one year inflation numbers, then the US already has inflation below official interest rates and really doesn't need to be raised rates any further. And that is what the bond market is telling us this morning. The chances of a rate rise at the next FOMC meeting during the 14th dropped from 21.2% to 6.1%. In other words, there's a 93.9% chance of rates now going on hold. And if you read the newswires today, they're talking about possibly two interest rate cuts by September. And the chance of rates being cut by September are 78.6%. That's for one cut and about 50% for two cuts. So it looks like the biggest negative of last year, inflation and interest rate and central bank policy paranoia has now been hurdled, in which case we have to worry about a few things. The debt ceiling, just to say the debt ceiling, the, the US government has never officially defaulted, but the government has shut down a couple of times. Last time in 2013, 2018, for 35 days in 2008. 18 and it didn't default as in didn't miss a interest rate payment but the government did shut down put workers on furlough and that sort of thing and that did in 2018 temporarily scare the market and we could get into that situation again Matt has been writing about it in the Marcus Morning section for the last couple of days but they always sort it out in the end so if we do see uh, it's a good reason not to be too optimistic about the market at the moment the market trend it's pretty shabby anyway but it's a good reason just to another reason just to sit back at the moment let this debt ceiling brinkmanship play out because the deadline date june 1st is coming up so just let that roll through see if they get their knickers in a twist and if they do it's almost certainly a short-term buying opportunity so just another reason along with it being may the malays as i call it the market does nothing we're in the shabbiest two weeks of the month uh, two, two months of the year, sorry, on a seasonal basis. Not that we should really expect that to happen every year, but there you go. Just another reason to expect the market to remain a little bit on guard. Westpac's ex-dividend today. NAB has already gone ex-dividend. Macquarie ANZ go ex-dividend on Monday. The banks usually go floppy after the dividends. And just to prove that point, I've put in a quite interesting, you may never have seen this, a seasonality chart for the banks showing how they drop. They they naturally drop when they go ex-dividend, of course. So that's why these charts show a drop in early May and early November and 
early August and early February, which is the CBA going ex-dividend. But what is clear from the seasonality chart is that having gone ex-dividend, the sector then goes sideways to down as interest in the banks wanes until they come close to their next dividends. But perhaps as I look at this chart, have a look at the chart in the newsletter. I have highlighted the areas where the banks go floppy, but as I look at it now, the far more interesting bit is how the banks have significant rallies into those results seasons. So as we come into July, you can expect a rally into August. And as we come into October, you can expect a rally into November, that sort of thing. So interesting. We sort of know the banks rally into results anyway, but this chart certainly proves it. Now, the most interesting part of the overnight markets for me is that whilst the news wires are talking about inflation and the debt ceiling and interest rates and the chances of recession, big tech <laughs> continue to kick along. We had Amazon up 3.35%, Google up 4.1%. Now that is half an annual, that, that's half a decent annual return for an Australian retiree in one day. And I continue to feel very comfortable about having binned the ASX 200 ETF in the strategy portfolio and having bought the FANG ETF because that contains 10 stocks, most of which are exposed to AI and the cloud. And I have used AI. I'm going to have a little rule that if I have used AI at all in the newsletter, I will put it in italics and note that I've used AI. So uh, I've asked ChatGPT today to list the major companies that have AI language models, and you'll see them all there. OpenAI, which is private, but Google, Facebook, Microsoft, IBM, Amazon, NVIDIA, Apple, Tencent, and Beidou, and then the companies that generate significant revenue from cloud services. The cloud is going to, one day the whole planet is going to be covered in the cloud. The cloud is a physical thing. It is not a cloud. It is a GPU farm. Thousands and thousands and thousands of silicon chips by Intel sitting in warehouses. Anyway, the companies that make the most money out of cloud services are, again, thank you, ChatGPT, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, IBM, Alibaba, Oracle, Salesforce, SAP, ServiceNow and Workday. But again, we have an overlap with AI on Amazon, Microsoft, Google, IBM. So maybe I need to do more work to find a AI ETF. There isn't, I don't think there is one in Australia that is more focused on AI and the cloud than FANG. So FANG will do for now. And we now have 60% of our strategy portfolio exposed to the NASDAQ and FANG, the other 30% to the S&P 500. And we've got, I don't know why I've still got it in there, a rather pedestrian REIT ETF, which is a play on interest rates peaking. And it's actually up 10% since we bought it. So it's doing quite nicely. So watching big tech continue to recover. And I've put some charts in the strategy piece today. Have a look at those. If you think you've missed it in AI and the cloud, you haven't. Amazon's chart looks the most exciting from a mean reversion point of view. Just over a year ago, this stock was $190. It's $110 at the moment. So this sell-off last year, all these stocks have yet to recover their highs, whether it's Alphabet, Meta, NVIDIA, a video's done rather well, and others. So have a look at that. Otherwise, in a bit of a rush this morning, so our other, my other portfolios, Macquarie portfolio, still in cash. No reason to change that at the moment. BHP still in cash. 
trend's not going our way. I know the Macquarie dividend's coming up, but it might just flop. It'll give it a, an excuse to flop even more after it goes ex-dividend on Monday. And in the ideas portfolio, still in cash, I need to change that. I'm kicking myself for missing this Pilbara Minerals rally. All I had to do was buy Pilbara Minerals when that Lion Town bid came around because it is seen as a target. Two billion of cash hanging around its balance sheet. Of course, the reason I didn't buy it was because the lithium price trend was so horrible, but it's almost ignored that. On the flip side, mineral resources got problems of its own. It's dropped from $95 to $72 this year, still going down. At some point, there'll be a good trade in mineral resources, no doubt. Anyway, need more ideas. Uh, that's about that from me. I am at the ASA conference. Henry's at the RIU Resources Conference. Speaking today at 12.30 is Latin Resources LRS. I have to declare I am a PA holder, which means personal account holder of LRS. It is the stock that our $12 million man has chosen as his next stock. They just did a $37 million capital raising, so set for success financially anyway. Henry's written about the RIU conference today, looking at the technical scans, not much to go on there. Couple of buy signals, none I think I would get excited about. And very few sell signals. There are very few signals altogether at the moment, overbought or oversold. Oversold include, by the way, BHP, Fortescue Metals, Rio, S32 resources have been a bit on the nose in the short term. And Bank of Queensland, 52-week low. So so much for that short-term buy signal the other day. Right, that's about it. Say hello if you're going to the conference. Otherwise, you have a fabulous day, and I will be back tomorrow.